Well, that young guy, Giovanni, I think it's Giovanni who's just got baptized. Why don't you come up here quickly, bud? Yeah. If I fight, I want you to be on my side. Where's the AK-47? Let's see it. Yeah. Last week, her formda headmaster got baptized in that pool. And this week, somebody completely different to her formda headmaster got baptized in the same pool. You're welcome here, young man. I don't like speaking, especially in front of people. Um, yeah, so regarding this morning's baptizing, I didn't plan it. I didn't. Um, my, my parents came with me this morning for the first time. My baby boy is with me. My girlfriend, my best friend, um, and something that I just want to tell this church, from the bottom of Mars, I've never in my life, in my life felt as welcome. When I came here the first time about two or three months ago, I was so scared for judgment. Um, I'm used to it. I'm, I'm used to people, you know, judging me regarding my appearance. I just want to say thank you to everyone. Um, I've, I've felt peer. I think the only word for it is raw love um, and acceptance. And when I came here the first time, I didn't think I was going to come back. I never, I never did. Um, and I'm here at a point where I want to be a. I want to be a. It's it's part of my life, and I just want to say thank you to everyone. Um, and most of all, sorry, sorry. guys, I, I wasn't the same guy two years ago. I wasn't, um, I, I was not the same guy. I, I didn't have a relationship with Jesus, with God, no one, um, in the last two years, I've been released from prison. Um, I've, I've, I think I went there at 19 or 20. Um, so, out of everything, I just, I want to thank Jesus. I want to thank my Jesus. I want to thank God. Um, not, not to sound cool or anything. But guys, if you guys know what a dark place I was in. Um, people, things that I've battled, um, and I made a big mistake. I made a mistake of thinking that I was battling them alone, um, and I can't even say prison, but this church made me realize that there's no such thing as being alone. Um, there's no such thing, and oh, let's give a hand to Jesus. Was meneer de Nijsen, hij zit, hij, kom meneer. Eén ding wat ik, het, wat ik geleerd heb van die Afrikaners in die kerk, jylle sit gewoonlik in die selles, selles, selles sit plek. 
Ek sê niks nie. Ek sê maar net. Ek sê maar net. Ek sê maar net. Come stand together. This is my brother, the Lord would say, hey? This is my brother. <laughs> I mean, Lord, will you build your church? And, and he says, yes, I will. And they say, who are you going to send, Lord? He said, I'll send whoever I want to send. And, and they're going to come young and old and rich and poor and black and white and um, physically imprisoned and spiritually imprisoned and emotionally imprisoned. And I'm going to set them free one after the next. And we're going to celebrate one another and we're going to eat at the same tables. You know, Chris, what you, what you did last week is you unlocked something in the city, I believe. You took on a culture um, of traditionalism and of silence, and um, you spoke. You took a stand. And um, I think you got rewarded with 55 boys giving their life to Christ. But um, I think it also unlocked things in I just heard this about you, Joe. I heard there's a man who's got an AK-47 tattooed on his head. And, and you, know what I, you know what? I went home to my, to my office and I said, thank you, Jesus. I said, thank you, Jesus, because we need you guys in the church. And um, I think there's so much um, judgment of what a Christian looks like or should look like or should behave like. And... Um, Last Sunday, I was sitting, standing outside the church, and a man, um, you know, when you're not going to smoke for an hour and 15 minutes, that last puff you take, it's got to be big. <laughs> because, you know, you can't smoke in the church, so you might as well have like a, so he did one of those, and then he saw me. And, and he wasn't quite sure how to get rid of the cigarette and that what is in his lungs. He's like, <laughs> so I said, China, let's go and look at the side of the stairs. And I don't know, some of you don't know this, but we built a crooked staircase here. Our whole staircase is not parallel to our building because we said we'll welcome guys at the top of a crooked staircase. Doesn't matter what you look like or what you've done. We'll say, how's it? And God will do his work inside. And you say, so what is the work that he's done? It's exactly the same work. His spirit of God has come and touched you and made you both two weeks apart with completely different backgrounds, completely different religious experiences, completely different track records. Get baptized in exactly the same pool as a picture of what God is doing in this church. So Giovanni, what I want you to do is tell Chris where you got your tattoos. <laughs> no, no, I'm only, I'm only joking. <laughs> you stand up, baby, in the water cliff. Like, uh, I, I want you to pray for him and him to pray for you. Ons almachtige vader en koning Jesus. Wil jy hier vir wonderlijke sang en bevestiging dat jy goed en God is. Raak wil vir jy sê, dankie vir Giovanni, dat jy voorstaan, jyre, ongeacht wat sy story is. Daar is weg, sy nieuwe story begin. Dankie dat hy in die voetsporen van, van Jesus gaan stap en jyre waar twee stelle voetsporen in die grond was, nou nie een gaan wees. Want Giovanni gaan geabba word dier sy God en Vader. En hy gaan het oordra na die liewe sien van hom en sy gesin. En so mag sy lewe baken van hoop wees, jyre. Net soos jy en hy school van ons gewerk, wat 55 sien sy lewe geet, so het Giovanni, hierdie groot man, intimiderende man, met die kleinste hart, met al die emotie, vandag op niet sy 
sy leven, hierdie fysische appearance van groot en rof en kwaai, afgeskut na sag, liefdevol, eerbied. Heere, ons eerie, dat u ons vader is en dankie, dat u die ultimate sacrifice gemaakt het dier u sien Jesus Christus vir ons te stuur, om op die kruis te sterf, zodat so ek, Giovanni, al hierdie mense in hierdie kerk, kinders by die school, jy nog eeuwige lewe kan beerwe. Heere, ons is siek en ons is swak en ons verdien niks wat jy onverdiend uit die vader aankom nie. Maar ek bid vir hierdie man, vir hierdie kerk, vir elkeen wat worstel, vir elke kind, vir allemaal, Heere, dat ons rarig besef, jy is bezig met groot wonderwerke hier so. Dankie vir die voorrecht wat ek het, weer die graad man langs my te bid, ek ken om nie heren, maar kan voel dis my broer, en van nou af, al by ons mekaar, ek denk hy is so bykie sterker as ek, maar ek weet, van nou af het ek een broer, in Jesus Christus, ons bid, in die naam van Jesus Christus, alleen, Amen. Jesus, Ik sta ek vandag, vaak nie gedink het, ek sloe het staan nie. Jesus, en ek vraag vandag, ek vraag dat is om met elke man, vrou, kind, oma, opa, onderwijzer, waar ek erwees staan, wat nie weet hoe om, om te draai nie, wat nie weet of daar nog oor is nie. Jesus, ek vraag dat is om met ons allemaal staan, Daar was met ons recht in die meer staan, of gestaan het, dat ons nie weet hoe om voor en toe te gaan nie, wat ons te bang is. Jesus, ek vraag, dat hier al licht kan skyn in ons allemaal leven wat ek gehad het, om te kan sien, wat voor le. En ek vraag het eerst, die pad staan met ons staf, want dit is nie een makkelijke pad nie. Jesus, ek vraag het hier die vrees het ons hart uithol, die vrees wat ek ervaar het, die vrees wat ek gaan ervaar en wat ons allemaal bezig is om te ervaar. En ek vraag het hier het, hal het uit ons hart uit, maak ons vol van die liefde. Dit is, dit is wat ons benodig en dit is wat ons begeer. Jesus, laatste vraag ek, die pad wat ons as een familie, as een gesin, as een kerk voor en toe stap. Jesus, ek vraag het hier elke liefde stap, saam met ons stap, wat ons kan het nie sonder iets doen nie, Jesus, ons kan nie, Jesus, ek sê ook dankie, vir hierdie man wat langs my staan, hierdie mans wat voor my sit, hierdie mans wat rondom my sit, of ons nou pa, boete is, sien, of opa is, ons allemaal het groot voet om te vul, ons allemaal, ons allemaal het een voorbeeld om te wees, en ek vraag het jy saam met ons stap, want sonder jy is het nie moendlik nie, sonder jy ons is nie sterk genoeg nie, jy sê, ek wil ook dankie sê, die laaste ding wat ek vir dankie wil sê, ek wil dankie sê vir die oneindige, oneindige pleitskap wat ek in my hart het vir jy sê liefde, ek wil dankie sê vir dit, ek wil jy dit moet volop blij, ek ben dit vaamel, want jy maak ons harte vol, amen. Waar is hy ma? Ek soek sy ma. If you don't understand Afrikaans, not important. But if I was Afrikaans, I'd be scared. That's five in a row. God's busy. Ek het een dag gesien, toe man soos hierdie, sy hart vir die Heere gegeet, sy, wa, sy ma was daar. And I called his mama, I said, you must be proud of your son today. She said, I've been proud of my son every day of his life. And um, not just today, just, just tell us how proud you are of your son. There is just no description in saying how proud you as a mom is of your children. And Giovanni knows, no matter the time that we went through, 
I was never ashamed. Sitting in court, praying, standing by him, he knew, because I always used to tell him, I will never leave his sight. So, yeah, we are blessed. Well done. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you, my bud. So we said we're going to build a family and we're going to let God do what God does. It's good to be together. Sorry, who spoke last week of her own journey. I don't think she's here today. She went from um, cancer treatment and um, I said to her that she would share her testimony in this church and the last couple of weeks she started worrying when her cancer came back, but she spent this week in hospital. She's very sick. She's very, very, very sick. And she really needs prayer. And literally from prison to losing her husband to going through cancer, we saw her stand up here and give all glory to God in the most remarkable way. Life is short. Life is short. And God is working. And um, you must make right with God. And you must, must make right with your family. You must make right with your friends, and uh, you must make right with your ex-wife and your ex-husband, because life is short, and the Spirit of God is working, and um, God sent me here for many reasons, but one of them was to teach grace to Afrikaans people that we could understand that God loves us because of Jesus, not because of our works or our traditions or our upbringing, and actually that there is another part of the Godhead called the Holy Spirit. It's God the Father, and it's easy for us to put a picture to that, because you can think of your own father, but he's much kinder than that. You can have some bad pictures of a father, but at least we can kind of figure what a father looks like. God the Son, and you can, you're not meant to have idols of Jesus. If you actually think of many of the scriptures, or many of the pictures that you see in the church, Jesus looks like he's been sucking lemons and half drowned. He looks really sad. If I think of Jesus, the Bible says he wasn't good looking. It actually tells us that. So actually, while you prim yourself up and prop yourself up and go to church all looking fancy and smart, actually Jesus wasn't good looking. Isaiah tells us that. There was nothing that set him apart. It wasn't like, wow, check this hunk. But I believe he was full of life. And I believe he was full of joy. And I think he was full of color. And when you interact with Christ, you leave different. You always leave different. Amen? But then we talk about the Holy Spirit and we kind of, we start to get nervous because we lose control there because you think, well, how, how, what, the Holy Spirit, what is that? How do we put a face to that? How do, we, how do we define that? So if you could just put your two hands in front of you and close them like this, just close them. You can close your eyes. And ask this question, every time you get defensive, you close up, right or wrong? Keep your eyes closed, right or wrong? Every time you, you get in a fight, you close your hands, right or wrong? And, and when you want to keep control over your life, you close your hands, eh? Over your time, over your money, you, you, you just, you get tight-fisted. So when you open your hands, it's like you're giving away control. You're giving away authority. You're giving away your resources. Yes or no? So that headmaster who spoke, keep your eyes closed and your fists locked. That headmaster who spoke, when he took over Vartikloof School, his greatest fear was a fear of heights. His greatest fear. He battled with the fear of heights. Now he has to go into a school with 2,003 children who have got all sorts of fears, all sorts of backgrounds, all sorts of different characteristics, and he's got to get them to trust him. But most of them have got closed fists because they're protecting themselves from authority and from governments and control and 
all those things. So what he does is he puts helium balloons in their hands, gets them to stand on the field, holding in closed fists the helium balloons, and he jumps out an airplane in a parachute because he has to overcome the fear of heights. And then lands on the field and says, I've overcome my fears. Will you open up your hands? Just do that with me now. And let the balloon go. With your hands open, your eyes closed, let me tell you a little bit about the Holy Spirit. He's explained in the Bible as water, as rain, as fire, as wind, and all of those we can control with a closed fist if we want to. It's great to have a fire in a fireplace. You can determine how much wood. You can determine when you want the fire to die. But that's not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was never contained to a fireplace. And so we get nervous because you think, well, what happens if the fire comes upon me or the wind starts to blow through my life or the or the rain comes upon me. How much rain? Well, how open are your hands? Because the Bible says that God gives the Holy Spirit without measure. So we can determine the measure. And one of the names we heard in Alpha of the Holy Spirit is the counselor or the paraclete in Greek. That word is comforter. And yet many will not open their hearts to the Holy Spirit because they feel He might make you uncomfortable. Friends, I, I always say this, God's job is to disturb the comfortable and to comfort the disturbed. It's got to be both. Because the church was birthed in the power of the Holy Spirit, and yet much of the church has died because they're more interested in the form of the church than they are in the life of God. And so then we have to start to try and understand, in Luke chapter 10, it says, Jesus filled with the joy of the Holy Spirit. Say joy. joy. In Ephesians chapter 4, it says, I urge you to keep the bond of peace through the Spirit, the, 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 the Spirit of unity, the bond of peace. Say unity. unity. You cannot have a herformda, Afrikaans, headmaster, and a tattooed, muscle-bound, personal trainer getting baptized in the same pool on different Sundays unless the Spirit of God is a God of unity. Unless the Spirit of God can take our differences and put us on the same mission. And while we fight with our fists closed for a style of worship or a style of church or a style of person that we want to worship with, or a style of person that we want to have in our homes for dinner, we will be stopping the flow of the Holy Spirit and what He wants to do. It's not going to be 54-year-old people like me who are going to be preaching to 55 young Radical students from Vardaclough School, they need another generation who will rise up and preach. That means we're going to have to put inexperienced preachers in our pulpits. 
that it will at least tell them about the love of God, the forgiveness of God, and look a little bit cooler than us. But I've seen this, friends. I've seen this in Pretoria. Churches start in tents. They trust God. They worship radically. They give generously. They get onto mission. People get saved. They get baptized in, in, in pools. And the, it's cold in winter and we have to try and heat the buildings up. And then we build buildings. And now we've got to keep rich people happy because we've got budgets to try and fulfill. And we stop the move of the Holy Spirit. This building does not exist to make rich people happy. This building exists so that the Holy Spirit can touch people. Headmasters and tattooed people can fill them with courage and enthusiasm and creativity and life and power and grace. So they're going to change their world. So they can start businesses and preach. So they can come up with ideas. Friends, we are nervous sometimes about manifestations of the Spirit because you hear about people shaking and falling down and, 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 and running and crying and laughing. And we heard about the Toronto blessing and there is a resistance inside of our heart. Close your fists. There is a resistance because you think, I don't want to do that. Friends, God is God. God is kind. God is joy. God is love. It says in Galatians chapter 5, and the fruit of the Spirit is first of all, say it. Say love. love. Open your hands. The one who loves you, friends, is not going to violate you. Say love. love. At the end of Corinthians it says, and I pray that the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship, say the fellowship, fellowship. the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. The best way to describe fellowship is two fellows in one ship. What kind of fellows? Afrikaans headmaster, personal trainer, one with tattoos, one with a suit. One with tight clothes, one with loose clothes, one with... I mean, but the fellowship of the Holy Spirit starts to make us one. And so don't close your hands. Giovanni said this, I never came to church today expecting to be baptized. I just brought my son and my parents and my best friend and then God started to work. Are you open for God to work anytime? Through your character? Be careful if your fists are closed or open. I've served God for 30 years. I went through the Toronto blessing. I've seen all the meetings. I was in a meeting once with a young man called Fezile, a young black Zulu man. We had a wooden floor in our old church, and the Spirit of God hit him. Bang! And he started running on the spot in, in beat like a Zulu warrior. Boom, 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 He started running on the spot. He ran for three or four hours. Boom, 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 It was like he kept the most unbelievable rhythm. And nobody could get near him because God's spirit was upon him. The fire of God came upon him. We had to lock up. We didn't know what to do with him. So we walked him to a car, we put him in the back lying down, he kept running, we took him home to his digs, he shared a digs, and he ran for 24 hours. He ran. Some of you know this, my wife's father was murdered. And we were sitting in a meeting about this size, 2,000 people, and she was sitting in the back and she couldn't worship God because she felt like God had stolen her dad from her. And she said this under her breath, God, if you want to be my father, then the man in the front must call me by name and must tell me you want to be my dad. And God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, say the Holy Spirit, Spirit. used that man and said, Melanie Yawn, are you here? She put her, her hand up in the back, called her to the front, called his wife and said, God has a word for you. 
His wife said, God wants to be your father. She got hit by the power of God. She fell down. She got caught. She lay on the ground for 20 minutes while God did surgery on the wound inside of her heart. She's never been the same again. She's never been angry about her dad being murdered. She's never spoken badly about people. She carries no bitterness or hatred in her heart because she had 20 minutes of the Holy Spirit. I've prayed for people in city. I've never, ever in my own life felt the manifestation of God. I've never fallen under the power of the Holy Spirit, ever. But I've seen it happen to many people. And so while you're sitting here, I want to ask you this question. Are you going to sit here with closed hands or with open hands? I can tell you I saw an encounter that my wife had with the Holy Spirit that changed her life. I saw an encounter that Fezile had with the Holy Spirit that changed his life. I saw an encounter that a headmaster had with the Holy Spirit and Giovanni had the Holy Spirit that changed their lives. Say God the Father Father. and the Son and the the Holy Spirit. If you don't understand the Holy Spirit, it's like running your car without oil. It runs for a while, but eventually metal on metal, and Christianity becomes hard. The sexuality becomes hard. The sacrifice becomes hard. One of my best friends in this church is a man called Stephen Dollenberg. He's my preaching partner. He's introverted, I'm extroverted. He's really quiet, I'm really loud. He's really academic and I'm not. And yet he has fellowship of the Holy Spirit and I have fellowship of the Holy Spirit. And every time I go into his office or he comes into mine, we find a sort of an oil. We find a unity, we find an understanding of one another. We find how to work together and preach together, and forgive one another, and love each other. He is completely different to me, but we're united in God. The theologians say this, if you try and explain the Trinity, you'll lose your mind, but if you try and deny the Trinity, you will lose your soul. I want to appeal to you conservative Christian people to open your hands to the Holy Spirit. To open your lives to the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit appears in Genesis chapter 1 and the Holy Spirit appears in Revelation 22. Some of you are ex-Hatfielders. And the power of God hit Hatfield and people were laughing and crying and rolling around. And we say, are we going to have that again? I don't know what we're going to have again. I just know this. I don't want this building to settle us down into some kind of mediocre, mediocre Christianity. I don't want us to try and keep rich people happy. I want us to serve God. And if that means laughing, we laugh. If that means crying, we cry. If that means deliverance, we go through deliverance. If that means stopping a meeting for one person to talk, we do that. Keep sitting with your hands open. I'm going to show you a video. If you can get it ready, tell me when it's ready. Don't start it yet. Is it ready? I'm going to, just in a moment. I'm going to show you a video that took place on a public holiday. Tuesday was a public holiday. The Vaterkloof hockey team were playing two hours away. The headmaster, who everybody's normally scared of, got in his car on a public holiday. He drove to Pochestrum to watch his girls play hockey. Remember, this is a rugby 
We talk about rugby all the time. Pretoria revolves around rugby. This is hockey. Let me show you when you have the trust of students, how they respond when the headmaster comes to watch them play hockey. Just put that up for me, please. Thank you, you can turn it off. This is what God does. This is what God does. He says, I bless you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the? Say it with me. I was in Middleburg, Nico, on, on Wednesday. I always find the address of your properties, Magagulu Street, I believe, is your property in Middleburg. Magagulu, is that right? Magagulu Street. Because God came upon you, His Spirit came upon you through your devotions and through your marriage, and you started to plant businesses. Say this word with me, Quakers. If you think of quaking, what do you think of? You think of shaking. There was a whole move called the Quakers. And they were kicked out the church because they were quaking. And the Quakers were tired of going to the pubs and getting drunk every night because the Holy Spirit came upon them. And so they started coffee shops. And that night they would go and drink coffee and hot chocolate, the Quakers, and they would sit and shiver. And while they would shiver, they came up with Barclays Bank and Lloyd's of London. Lloyd's of London was birthed, the biggest insurance company in the world, was birthed in a coffee shop by men and women full of the Holy Spirit. Say, so I don't want to shake. I don't want to fall. I don't want to, I'm not asking you to. What I'm asking you to do is open your hands. That's all I'm asking you to do. I've never shaken. I've never fallen. I believe that I'm full of the Holy Spirit. God seems to work with me with supernatural meetings. I don't know how they work. I seem to be at the right place at the right time. I was walking through Woodland Shopping Center this week, and a man walked, looked at me, and he said, Are you Rory Dyer? I said, Yes. He said, Rory, I've been gone for five years. I've just come back. I'm working for a member of your church. And he said, the day that I left, you walked up to me at the back of the church and you said to me, I don't know who you are, but the Lord is your shepherd, you shall not want. He said, I've been traveling around overseas for five years. I've only lived with one verse. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And he said, I can tell you for five years I've wanted nothing. And he said, when I came back, I got employed by a member of your church. Turn me to Genesis chapter one, please. Sorry, I actually have got notes for today. I had a friend of mine, his surname is Matic, Ray Matic, and um, I used to call his wife sister. <laughs> sister Matic. Yeah, it took a while, eh? And then he had a grandchild, and I called the grandchild Pneumatic. So, <laughs> so, in the Old Testament, the breath of God or the Spirit of God is Ruach. That lady dancing, her name is Ruach. Ruach, the breath of God. In the New Testament, it's Numa, where we get our word. And, and just for um, you guys who go to Vata Cliff, that's with a P. Numa with a P. It's like pneumatic. It's like knee with a K. 
<laughs> and, and when we preach on the book of Psalms, all, all sort of similar. And, and God's going to take us all and make us one. I don't know how he's going to do it, but he's going to do it. So, so, so pneumatic, Christian preached about it. A pneumatic tool is a tool that works with air. And there's a whole company in South Africa called Rand Air. And, the, and their slogan is, we hire air. And you get this tool that's absolutely useless. But as you plug it into its air source, it becomes a pneumatic tool. Exactly the same with us. We are useless And even Jesus did not do a single thing on this earth until he got filled with the breath of God, until he got filled with the Spirit of God. The moment he got filled with the Spirit of God, open your hands or close them. Open them or close them. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty, and darkness was over the surface of the deep. Say formless, formless. and empty, empty. and dark. dark. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the water. Say hovering. I had a Zulu friend, Elliot, he said, the Spirit of God was hoovering. <laughs> hoovering over the waters, ready to suck up any poor soul who might get in the way. Say hovering. hovering. Say formless. formless. Say empty. empty. Say dark. dark. That's what happened in the creation. What happens in the new creation is exactly the same. Giovanni inside of his heart was formless, empty, and dark. Yes or no, young man? Formless, empty, and dark. And then the Holy Spirit started to hover. Hover. Every church, I believe, in this city has been birthed because the Holy Spirit started to hover. And then a form comes. And then we start to worship the form. But the Holy Spirit is fire and wind and rain and oil. And you can't contain it. You can't contain it. And we think we'll take this little piece of God that we've got and we'll keep it here. And we try and contain it and we try and contain God. He said, you can't contain the Holy Spirit. And for that very reason, we shut our hands. Because you think, well, it's, if, if we open them again, what will you do, God? God didn't take us from a tent on a journey, giving all our finances into a building so that we get a form that locks us in. So if God was involved in the first creation, then he's involved in the new creation, and he's involved in the ongoing creation. So we should be, by nature, creative. I said this to Damon, excuse the worship leaders. I said, our worship has become so boring. And everybody says, hey, the worship is cool. Thank goodness our worship leader untied his hair today because he was, no, he was born wild. He was born wild. He was not born for ordinariness. He was not born to sing nice, quiet songs. And he married a woman who is one of the most independent, free people under the authority of God I've ever seen in my life. And she's tattooed all up her legs and her arms and everywhere. And think, must we hide the tattoos or we must expose the tattoos? I just want to expose her spirit. Otherwise, we're going to become a comfortable, middle-class, white church in Pretoria, 
just going along, making people happy with three or four songs. I said to Amen, where the marimba bands, where the spiritual songs of America, where, where, where the African songs, where the soloists, where we can just come here with trumpets, with nothing else blowing but trumpets. But in our heart we do this. We think, no, no, we were formless, empty, and dark. I want to tell you this beautiful woman, and everybody said, what's your husbanding like? My husbanding's always been good. Don't worry. My daughter said, everybody's going to think you're a rubbish husband after you gave your wife the tie. I think I'm a good husband. Like, I could be better, but I think I'm good. She's beautiful. But there was an emptiness inside of her when her dad died. There was, there was an emptiness. We've got our friends Vessi here. And Francois. Where, where are you, Francois? Oh, you, your brothers are sitting together. These, these are beautiful men and your wives, beautiful wives. This week, I got a message from both of them. Our dad has just died. Oh, and I felt, oh, I just felt, I love you, man. I love you, man. Eh? You've been good sons. You've been amazing sons. You know, when everybody was leaving Zimbabwe, this guy and his wife and his young kids got in the car and they went and planted a church in Zimbabwe. And we get the blessing of having his son on our staff. And Francois lay in bed last night. You know, this man, he's a joker. He's such a deep and spiritual man. Eh? When I was so sick about five years ago, and I thought I'm going to give up preaching, I'm so sick I'll never be able to preach again. He sent me a scripture on the very first sermon. I wrote in my book, I'll never preach again. He sent me a, a, a scripture. Though the fig tree doesn't blossom and the vines produce no fruit, yet I'll worship you, my Lord and my God. And I realized that God used his devotions to touch my heart. When I lay in bed last night, I know what you're feeling now. It's emptiness because your dad's gone. And then the Holy Spirit starts to hover. Starts to hover. Are you going to fall over? I don't know. Will you start shaking like the Quakers? I don't know. But will He fill you and will He comfort you? And will He bring light to the dark places and form to that which is formless? And fill you that which is empty? Open your hands like this. Close your eyes. The Bible says, go into all the world and baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teach them to obey everything that I have commanded. The Holy Spirit is a gift. The Holy Spirit is a promise. The Holy Spirit is a person. I can't force him. I've never felt the pressure when I pray for people, for anything to happen. I watch TV, I see guys pushing people over. I even watched it this week on TV. People lining up and pastors coming and pushing people over. That's why I don't want to call people to the front. The Holy Spirit is not a gift from the front. The Holy Spirit is a gift from God. The Holy Spirit can move up in the ranks there. The Holy Spirit can move in the back seat. Even today, some will feel strangely warmed and others will feel nothing. I feel nothing. But I know God is here. I can see it on Giovanni. This is my prayer for you. Especially if you've grown up in a conservative environment. Do not be scared of God. Do not be scared of the Holy Spirit. I found this amazing thing. Sometimes I'm scared of being embarrassed. I've served God for 30 years and I've never seen God embarrass anybody. 
I've seen pastors embarrass people. I've embarrassed people, but I've never seen God embarrass people. And yet the Bible says God is not a respecter of man. So he's actually not really interested in your stuff. He's more interested in your future. And your fullness and your wholeness. I believe the Holy Spirit can help us build businesses, can help us forgive, can strengthen us when we are weak, can give us power to go through life, can give us ideas. The Holy Spirit is creative. He was there in the beginning when there was nothing, and He turned chaos into cosmos. And He can take the chaos of your life and He can turn it into cosmos. He can put order into your life. He can bring freedom. He can give you ideas. You have supernatural meetings. You pray this prayer. Holy Spirit, will you come into my life? Will you baptize me? Will you fill me so that I can have everything of what God the Father and God the Son promised? I open my hands, I drop my defenses, and I invite you in, in Jesus' name, amen.